Well, welcome back to the Better Men, Better Ballplayer podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cobb. I want to thank you for joining us here on our 58th episode of the podcast. And today we'll be joined by longtime assistant coach, great guy, Rick Weaver from Defiance High School, Defiance, Ohio. A little bit about Rick. I graduated from Bryan, Ohio School, Bryan, Bryan High School in Ohio. This is where he first came in contact with Coach Held. Um, once he graduated from high school, played baseball at Otterbein, went, came back and was a freshman coach at Moeller High School, which had on Tom's cousin Tim. Um, Tim Held is at the, the head coach at Moeller. And at that time, he coached J.D. Hellman, who's now the pitching coach at UC. And he is then became, in 99, became the assistant coach at Defiance High School. Talks about this in this show. When Coach Held, Tom Held, uh, called him, and they had a math job open up. He's a math teacher, and uh, asked him to come on. And um, since 1999, he's been the, been the assistant coach, helped them win five, uh, make five state championship appearances, three state titles in 2013, 15, and 16, nine players drafted, Three people, three players made the show during his time. Chad Billingley, John Neese, and Justin Hancock. 19 Division I players, 60 players playing in college, 13 league titles, 17 sectional titles, 11 district titles, and 5 regional titles, all during his time since 1999. He took on the associate head coaching role in 2005. And, um, you know, every, every convention I know that I've been at since... 04, 05, I've seen Rick there with Tom, and uh, if, we, if we're hooking up and had plenty of conversations late into the night in Coach Held's hotel room having hot stoves and uh, just learning the game, sharing the game, and Rick's been there every step of the way. So uh, we're getting a, a ton of great information. Um, Rick is the offensive coordinator there at Defiance High School. Uh, Defiance is really known for you know, all the great pitching stuff, and he dives into a lot of great hitting stuff and offensive stuff he does, along with, you know, his um, assistant coach and helping roles of, um, you know, the pitching side of things and everything, just being a good assistant coach. But we dive into a lot of the stuff he does offensively and his role and, and his advice for assistant coaches, which he offers some great assistant uh, coach advice, as well as advice for head coaches as well, I think, to take on there. And, and you can just hear the, the great commitment he has, the passion he has for the game, um, you know, and Rick's been around and knows the game so well, he could be a head coach at any place. So just want to thank him for taking the time here to enjoy it, and I'm sure you will as well. So without further ado, I want to welcome and hopefully enjoy Coach Rick Weaver from Defiance High School. Uh, no, actually, I played for Tom in high school. Okay. So he was my he was my JV oh, basketball right. coach. He played. That's right. He was at Bryan first before Defiance. Yeah. So he was my JV basketball coach. He was my uh, obviously high school baseball coach, and uh, I was actually um, I was teaching in Kentucky, Ludlow, Kentucky. I was the head baseball coach there, and um, I, my roommate is Tim Held, who was the mm-hmm. um, head baseball coach at Moore. So we went to high school together. I was coaching basketball at Moeller freshman and Tom called me one day and, and said there was a math opening at defiance and, and, uh, asked me if I'd be interested in coming back up. And I actually, um, I actually applied and interviewed the same day at Brian and defiance. 
and um, was offered the job same day at both places. And uh, I took the job at Defiance because my, my, my goal was to be a head baseball coach. So mm-hmm. I thought, I thought, you know, going to Defiance, coach under Tom three or four years, get some experience and, and then go be a head coach myself. And 22 years later, I'm still at Defiance. So. Yeah. And well, explain some of that, man. Like what, what, what really drew you to that? Cause I mean, that, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, man. Well, um, I mean, a couple of things I, I, I had actually a couple offers and, and, um, a couple of them fell through one of them. Well, actually the, the three that were offered didn't have math jobs. Okay. So it, it didn't make just the coach there. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it, it didn't make sense. And then, um, obviously, uh, as my kids got older, um, they love it here. My wife loves it here. So it just it, at that point, it, it didn't make sense to leave and, and just to take any job just to say you're a head coach when, uh, what we had going here was so good and, and my family loves it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure. Do you feel like the, uh, like just, I guess just with the family aspect, the, uh, the, the flexibility within the assistant coach has really helped with that. Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, it, it's been, it's been great. I mean, um, you know, Tom will let me leave early if I, if my kid has a game or mm-hmm. you know, during winter workouts, I'll go watch him play basketball. But my oldest son went through the program, um, which, which was fun. Um, you know, and then my youngest now has been a bat boy. So it's kind of been a, a family atmosphere throughout. That's so awesome. Growing up with Tom, man, too. Like, it's just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Never a dull moment. That's yeah, really buddy. Yeah, buddy. But one of the most brilliant baseball minds there yeah, is. That's really, for sure. He really is. Yeah, he that's really sure. is. That's where, what was like some of the best things that you think that you've taken away? Uh, from coaching with Tom? Yeah. A lot. Um, I, I just how, how to how to handle kids, um, the the tough love, the um, trying to to get the most out of kids when they don't want to. The way he can motivate a kid to work hard and 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 get to uh, places where they never thought they could get um, it is really cool. Um, and then the the aspect of of how he. Uh, really delegates with assistance mm. uh, for for someone who's won as as many games as he has and as much success as he has he is really good of giving assistance jobs and letting them do that where he doesn't micromanage if if he puts you in charge of catchers you are fully in charge of catchers he's not coming over you know asking hey what are we doing today what are you doing he it is it is your job and uh, what it does is it gives ownership to the assistants where they, they feel like what they do and, and what they say matters to them. And that's, do you feel like, has that been since day one with you? Like, is that something that really drew you? Like I said, 22 years to still stay with them. That's a lot. That's a lot of it, you know? And, and, um, when you talk about that, I, I remember, um, one of the first coaching jobs I had, it was, it was not at defiance and it actually wasn't in baseball, but um, we had our first like coaches meeting and it was me and another guy. We were the two new guys. And I remember the first meeting that the head coach started off by saying, we have two new young guys. I hope, I hope you don't come in and think you're going to have all these great ideas and, and spew them on us because what we've been doing works. And 
and we don't need all these new ideas. And I remember sitting there thinking, well, why in the world am I here? Like, right. you know, what's the point then if you don't want any suggestions? And where with Tom, every time we have a new assistant, it's if you have any ideas, bring them to the table. I want to hear anything. And he's like, you know, I won't guarantee we'll do them, but I will certainly listen. And if it's something that will make us better, we'll, we'll do it. And, and I think that's huge for assistants to know that, you know, their voice matters and their opinions matter. Be heard. Mm, great. Great advice. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So like, um, you know, just thinking, so what, what will be, what's, what's the job that he gave you? Okay. So I'm the, really, I'm the hitting guy. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in charge of all the hitting. Um, I do outfielders and base running, but so I, I do all hitting. So the, the first hour of practice is all hitting. I mean, in, in, in 22 years, he's never once asked me, what's the plan for today? What are you doing? I mean, it is, that is the hour where I'm in charge and, and he takes orders from me. I tell him, hey, here's what you're doing. You're throwing here. We're doing this, that. And, and then after we hit for an hour, then I go back to um, being his assistant. But it's awesome because, like I said, he, it's, it's, I have full control of, of the hitting. And um, obviously, he'll, we talk. Like, it's not like we don't talk, but I'm in charge of that. And, and um, all winter, I do the hitting. We do, I do all that. And like I said, he lets me do what I want, and, and it's it's awesome from from that standpoint of of being in charge of something. So you don't always feel like the assistant. Not that that's a bad thing, but like you, your your hand is is on that. Mm-hmm. And like, so how has like how has that might have changed? Like, so when you said like when he gives you your job, is so is it is it something where like are you looking at like in game? performance whether hey like i think we can try this that you guys have those conversations about like you're like hey like i don't think we're doing really well at this we do yeah we we do talk there now what what would be um what, what would probably surprise a lot of people is we very rarely talk during games mm-hmm. we, there's very little communication between us and and the communication is is in between innings where he may say Hey, be looking for a pinch hitter with so-and-so coming up. I want to hit for him. Um, and, and, you know, first and I coach first, he coached thirds. We give very few signs. So we've been together so long. So I, I really control the running game from first. I decide what we're going to do in that regard. Now he'll put on bunts and that, but um, very rarely does he give signs of, of what he wants. We just kind of make eye contact. And we kind of know we've, we've done it long enough. We know each other. We know our philosophy and what we want to do. So we just kind of make eye contact and, okay, here's what we're doing in this situation. And then I relay it to the guy on first. Wow. That's a serious relationship. <laughs> <laughs> Especially how, like, how many big games that you guys have been in. You're like, yeah. that's pretty wild. Like, oh, we're just going to make eye contact. You're like, all right, we're going to put this on. Like, we, let alone, like, Five region titles, eleven district, eleven <laughs> district titles. Like, oh, well, we're just make eye contact. That's what we do. <laughs> that's incredible. I mean, we've, that's we've talked about it a lot. We we know what <laughs> how we want to attack it. Yeah, 
that's all right. That's great, man. That's great. But I think it just goes to show like you need a good relationship too with, with your, with your coaches, you know, like for, you know, head coach, assistant coaches, those, their relationship really matter, even from a coaching standpoint. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And, and I, I mean, I think that's why we've been able to last so long together um, is we have a great relationship. I mean, we, we had the player coach relationship. Um, we've kind of had the father son relationship. Now we have the, the friend relationship. I mean, he was in my wedding. Uh, we hang out all the time. I mean, now we're, we, we call it, we're on the, the wedding circuit with me and him and our wives, where all our former players that are now getting married. So we just kind of travel in the summers going from wedding to wedding. So four of us, we have a great time together. That's awesome, man. That's great. That's great. I mean, you just, it's, um, and so you're talking, you talk about being the hitting guy too. Um, you know, and defiance is the 90 mile an hour club. And, you know, Tom's done such crazy thing. You know, great things with pitching. How, how has, you know, you being the hitting guy, you know, are, are you having to be helping out with that part of that part of it, the, the velocity training and, and that, or are you just strictly just stick with the offensive side? Before we, before we got, uh, our new facility. So we were, we were out in the football stadium and, mm-hmm. and he would, during the winter, he would, he ran all the workouts downstairs. I ran everything upstairs. So for forever until 2017, I did all the winter throwing too. So I, I have had my hand in that. Um, now it's, it's his, like he developed it and, and all of that. But yeah, I have, I've helped with that. Um, uh, and, and that's just a, another thing when we've been around so long, I know how he wants things done, how he wants that, that program done, how, how they have to attack it with intensity and stuff. So um, now that we, we have the new facility, we, he's kind of takes over and runs it where, where then I just kind of help him and monitor that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for those people that don't know, like, I mean, the, the velocity program is basically like driveline before there was driveline. You know, and like we were talking to Tom was like, you know, he even visited driveline and they came out and, and he's still like, what he, what he did was just still, like you said, he took the ideas, he, he brought them to the table. Um, do you guys, do you remember that process at all? Like when he, when he's going through all that? It, it was when I was in college, when oh, he, was? he developed that with Nate Smith, who ended up going to, um, Ohio state. Um, but basically he, he developed it. Um, Nate was a basketball player and, and, and knew his ticket to college was baseball and wanted to throw in the winter and in Ohio, you can't go outside and throw. So they kind of came together and, and came up with the idea of throwing tennis balls, baseballs, and softballs into a net in his garage. And, uh, it's just kind of evolved over time. Mm-hmm. So with that, with those principles that he took there, like, was there anything that you kind of took from that on the offensive side? Like you kind of saw what they kind of did there and built that program to like where you kind of did this and like you tried to create something on the. I, yeah, I, I did. I, I tried to create a, a uh, kind of a bat swing program with okay. heavy bats, fungo bats and regular bats of just dry swings before we hit to um, kind of uh work on increasing the bat speed in that. So, um, we, we still do that, um, incorporate that with drills, with heavy bats, light bats, and, and trying to, with that same philosophy in mind. Mm-hmm. So that's something you say, you still do, you still do that today. 
when we you do. still do that like, before like your cage work and for your like your cage sessions yeah we do it a, we do it yeah we do it a lot in the winter um oh you do yeah that's when we we really attack the bat swings is in in the winter with that yeah before we do any station work and stuff so is it is it strictly just a just a dry swing it's just a dry swing with the heavy bat the light bat the fungo and the regular yeah bat. that's how we start it and then um within um station work I'll, I'll we'll do you know the fungo bat with tennis balls we'll do a heavy bat um regular bat so all winter we're working with different weight bats of, of trying to increase, uh, the bat speed. Okay. And you don't take any of that during the spring. You don't like it during the spring. Um, I, yeah, I do. We, we still do the station work with the different bats. I don't do, I don't do the dry swings, um, in season. Okay. Okay. So it's mostly just your station work that you're going to do. Yes. Okay. What's some of the stuff, what's like some of the best things that you like to do? Like we think of the best things that you guys do offensively, you know, from, um, even for a practice, let's say a practice, a practice play. Um, well, we, I, I, a couple of things we have, a we have a home plate machine. So one of those pitching machines, um, and we have really incorporated in the last year, velocity training, uh, for our hitters. So, mm-hmm. so we have, we have the home plate machine. We have a hack attack and we have a hack attack junior. Mm. So, um, we will, the home plate machine, we crank up, which is probably, I would say we, we set it at probably 90. What for velo curve balls, we try to set as, as fast as they can go. And, and then the hack attack junior, uh, we set up probably about three fourths, the distance of straight velocity. Um, and we we just really attack seeing velocity uh, as much as we can in practice. Wow! So if I'm visualizing this right, you have one machine just pounding it, and then you got another one sort of like doing curveball. So you just machine it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. With like just nasty stuff. Like you're talking high velocity, and like you said, the fastest curveball possible. Yes. Yeah. Serious. So, so we have three cages of um straight machines like that and we actually oh just, so it's three cages oh i was visualizing like actually on the field oh, oh no no this is so this is our cage work so for our in our indoor facility we have six cages so okay. we'll have three machines going at one time and then we actually just purchased another hack attack junior so we can have four machines and then just um, throwing sliders i guess yeah just throwing whatever they're gonna see and then tom tom will throw in one cage and and, and that's our exit velocity cage where um, we chart every exit velocity in that cage. And um, we have basically the champ of the day who had okay. the best rounds. And then we keep their averages. And then um, what we do after we hit every day is we split them into two teams. And then we have an exit uh, velocity challenge where they get four pitches. Every time they hit it over 80, they get a point. Every time it's over 90, they get two points. And then the losing team usually has to run. So we just incorporate some competition with them. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's kind of fun. The kids really you, get into that. Is it just simply just you behind behind them with a pocket radar, with a radar gun? We or? have, we have uh, two stalkers mounted. Okay. And then, and then we have the LED board that will display it when it comes up. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So we are... We are big in velocity and everything yeah. we do, hitting, throwing. We're uh, we're big on records. 
beaten your own personal records. Um, so it's, it's, it's all about competition and, and trying to make them better each day. Absolutely. Um, I, cause I, I, cause that's why, that's why I asked the question first, knowing how much velocity played with, with pitching and how you guys would have went with that offensively. Cause I mean, I've, you know, you had to have those questions like, okay, if all, if defensively want to do this, then offensively we want to do this. You know what I mean? Um, so there's another question. So it seems like, cause you said, you said the, the, you said you just started the machine stuff within the last couple of years, right? Yes, of really getting after hammering them, hammering them, right? Of, yes, of of basically where they're demoralized sometimes when they come out of there, and, and, that's, and that's yeah, and that's the and that's that the first couple of weeks, like they're so mad when they come out of there, and and it, what's cool is to see the process of them finally being able to ah, this this doesn't affect me anymore. I can I can now hit this consistently. See, and I think that's where that's that's where the sauce is, man. The secret sauce, if it's even about, but about that yeah. handling adversity part too, though. Like that's the growth that I think people aren't getting to. And like you said, I think that's what's unique about the game right now is you're starting to see more people. You're like, you got to challenge yourself more during practice. These cookies, these cookies ain't getting it done, you know. And so Without now here, you, here you guys man. are throwing ninety I, at them. Well. I'm not going to lie. I was like that. Like, yeah, I mean, Tom's been wanting to gas it up in BP forever. And, and then at game days, I'd be like, okay, I'm throwing, we got to make them feel good about themselves and let's lob it in. And, um, he's kind of wore me out of, we got to challenge, we got to challenge them. And, and, and I, I, I really have bought into it. And I, I believe it that, um, I mean, he said for years, it's the only sport where you don't practice what you're going to see in the game like right bp's never been real real life game like you just throw it in there to let them feel good about their swings and uh so now it's that's where we're at we're like you know what if you don't feel good about your swing so what figure it out like i mean this is what you're going to see in a game if you can't hit it now how are you going to hit it in the game mm-hmm. yeah I, just, I love that you know i think even just having the now are you are you able to walk around during this time to kind of have those conversations? Cause that's, that yeah, seems like so, that's where they probably really need you. Yeah. So that's you, usually for the most part, when we hit for that hour, I, I walk around, I'll talk to kids. I'll, I'll stop at a station. I'll watch a kid's approach, watch his spring when, or his swing. And when he comes out, talk to him, you know, and um, because that was uh, uh, kind of my, my, my one glaring thing that, that really I thought, I couldn't help kids was when I was always throwing. So I would throw, Tom would throw, and it was hard to see everybody. So uh, that's one of the reasons why the, the machines have been great too, is, is it's freed yeah. me up to walk around and, and talk to kids. Yeah. And it's just you as a teacher, like you can teach that like, Hey, drop them the ball in here. And the, you know, it's just easy for the kids to be able to do that. Where it free, right. like you said, frees Absolutely. you up and you can, Cause I'm sure like, yeah, like I said, I think that's a secret sauce and just being able to see them keep your body language. You got, you, you know, you yes. missed it, get out of the cage, relax and get the, you learn from it, get the, and it seems like I'm sure that, that man, those first couple of weeks are, I guess, depending on the hitter, you're always just sitting in there just kind of, and that's what you're, what's so interesting about that is how has your, how has your, 
like in-game communication with them helped with that? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I would say through the years I'm, I'm a lot more positive mm-hmm. uh, of, of the in-game. But, um, and, and that's what he, a lot of our talks are, hey, this is, this is what you've seen on the machine. It's okay. Or this one's, this is our slower, slower curveball that you work on. We've got to load later, you know? So it's, it's always going back to um, how, how we've prepared them for that. But I, I think as a hitting coach, you're, you're more like Dr. Phil than anything. I mean, it's, you're, you're trying to remind them that you're good. You're fine. Um, we just talked about this um, to the kids yesterday as, as we were, we were playing uh, Steve Springer's uh, CD form, which is maybe the greatest CD ever made for, for real. anything. I mean, it's um, I've listened to it probably a hundred times, and every time I uh, listen to it, I pick up something new. But he's talking about, you know, going going all for four, and you hit four four balls on the screws, and you lose confidence. And and that's why I was talking to the kids. I'm like, you guys are all the same. You go zero for two. And, you know, your first two at-bats in the game, and the first thing you do is walk over to me and say, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> Nothing. You know, you, you ground it out hard, and you, you hit a line drive that they caught. And, and that's, the, that's the hard thing with hitting is if they don't get their instant gratification of the base hit, they think they did something wrong, and what do I need to change? So, like I said, as a hitting coach, I'm more like Dr. Phil than, than anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So, like, speaking of quality at bats, man, like, so yep. are you guys, will you guys get into that? Will you, are you guys keeping quality at bats? Is that something you like 100%. to do in games? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have a, a note card at first base and, and after each at bat, I, I mark down a plus or minus. Um, we keep track of quality at bats after every game. Um, I print it out. We talk about it. So each kid knows. Um, where their quality of bats are. Another thing we do that I, I think has been really beneficial is, is we keep um, each kid's batting average for every count that they do. Right. So um, every kid knows what they're hitting, 2-0, 1-2. Um, and and, what's, and the, the, the reason why it's been huge for us is where they see how poorly they hit with two strikes. Okay. So it, it really helps us to hammer in the, the point of being aggressive. You know, don't take those first pitch fastballs. Um, it's, you know, they talk about the, the one, one count is the most important pitch in baseball. And, and it's played out for us for years where at, at a two, one count, we hit about 400 as a team. And if we get to one, two, we usually hit below 200 as a team. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Um, so those are the quality of bats are huge. And then um, keeping track of that has, has been pretty beneficial for us too. Now, how are you finding, you know, you're a high school, you, you deal with a lot of, just like we all, all high school coaches, they deal with a lot of uh, restrictions and things like that. But like, how are you guys able to, how do you guys manage k- keeping the batting average for every count? Uh, we have stat girls. Stats. So, okay. So they, um, they do that. Um, and then the other chart I keep is, is what's called the offensive productivity chart. And, and I got this from uh, Derek Woodley, who's the head coach at Defiance College, which we have a great relationship with him. And, and it gives points for different things, base hits, bunt hits, extra base hits. But it also does like down ball reads, 
um, stolen bases, advancing runners. Uh, and then you get minuses for strikeouts, looking strikeouts, ground double play. Um, so it kind of gives it, what it does is, is assesses value for other things as opposed to just getting a base hit. So they see that they can be productive offensively and it's not just by having to get a base hit. So then what we do, you calculate your average, how many, how many points you get, um, per at bat. So as a team, our goal is to be above two points per at bat. Okay. As an, as an individual, we want to be above 2.5. And then if you can get to three, that's, that's really good. So it's, it's all things trying to take away from just worrying about what's our batting average. So offensively, so you're bringing in base running too, is what you said. You said dirt ball yep. reads and things dirt like that. Dirt ball reads, stolen bases. So you're bringing in off, like when you say, off, like you're bringing hitting as well as base running. So you're yes. adding that to and, it. Yeah, anything you can do offensively to affect the game. Interesting. Okay, that's cool. So it's almost like a runs created kind of. Yeah, it stat. is. Yeah. Really kind of is. Yeah. You know, but I was thinking it's almost like a weighted quality of bat chart plus base running, you know, yeah. sort of like yeah, that. It, it is um, just different things you can do to affect the game. Right. Super cool. So what do you, what do you take? Like when you tally all these, this up, up, what you as the offensive coach, what are you taking away from like the quality at bat stuff? I guess a conversation as opposed to the offensive production chart conversation, or is we'll it just or is we, the offensive production chart, or is one of them just mostly team oriented and the other ones more individual? No, they're they're both individual. Now the offense productivity has a team value, yeah. um, but it, they're all individual. Um, and, and again, for for us, we just try to emphasize how we can be productive and it doesn't have to be base hits. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to go three for four to have a great day. You could go one for four, but you have three quality at bats and you did some other things uh, that helped us win the game. I mean, we, we, we never talk about batting average. I mean, we, we are all in on Steve Springer first off, like he is. Um, and, and it's funny, like I, I rarely know what our kids are hitting. I, mm -hmm. I couldn't tell you um, what their batting average is if, if people ask me, um, but I can tell you who I want in the lineup based on their quality at bats and, and what they can do off of uh, the offensive productivity chart. That was my next question. Like, how do you manage the lineup based on these things? Yep. Yeah, so it, it helps, um, and, and that's what we look at. Um, and, and we look at guys who fit into our uh, philosophy of um, contact guys, guys that can bump for hits, mm. guys that can steal. I mean, the, the most common phrase that you will hear at one of our practices if we're scrimmage or doing things is, if you can bump for a hit, you'll play. I mean, if, if you can consistently get bunts down and bump for a hit, you're going to get in our lineup because it's such a huge part of our, our game. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. So will you, so you like to challenge at practice. You mm -hmm. like to challenge, you're challenging with the machines. Are you chat like, so, and if bunting is part of your practice and like you just said, that part of it, do you guys like do a lot of live stuff? 
uh, doing a lot of live stuff and the, with a lot of bunting and doing maybe bunch scrimmages? Do you, how do you incorporate those kind of things into your practices? We do. So uh, the last hour of every practice is scrimmage. We scrimmage okay. each other and, and, and Tom throws and we split them into three teams and um, we just create situations. Usually we'll start with the guy in first and everyone's the next, that guy has to bunt to get him over. And then the next round, it's a guy in second, they got a bunt. Um, so we incorporate bunting in that all the time. Uh, we play a bunt game that's all bunting based on situation and they get one try. If they miss, if they don't get the bunt down, they run a pole. And, and so there's, there's consequences, but we are, we bunt uh, in practice all the time. Um, probably um, one one to two times a week off the curveball machine is strictly bunting um, where um, obviously we're, we're working on that. We'll, we'll sometimes move it over to the hack attack junior. That's just the straight fastballs. Uh, but yeah, we, we work on bunting a lot. So it's a huge part of our game. Um, and like I said, if, if, if they can't bunt, uh, they have a hard time getting in our lineup. I mean, that's wow. kind of, the, that's kind of the, the first thing, uh, when we talk about someone and, and that's what Tom, like, I don't know, they can't, they can't get a bunt down. So you better be able to hit a lot of gappers if you can't get a bunt down. Right. Yeah. You better be able to swing it for sure. How, so it says Tom's always throwing, is he trying to throw live? Like it basically when I say live, I just mean like anything's coming fastball, curveball, change up. Um, only if someone mouths off to him. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and then he snaps off a slider and tells him to sit down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, usually great. it's uh um it's it's bp fastball a little harder um but he just throws it and um he kind of uses that as a, a model for pitchers of how easy it is to get guys out of i'm just throwing bp fastballs working in and out and i can get you guys out all day that's awesome that's great now you said three teams so i'm assuming that you got one team hitting you got one team fielding and you got one team in the cages no. So it's usually we, we'll have about 15 guys with us. So two teams are in the, in the field. So you keep two team teams in the field. Yeah. Okay. So it's okay. only like four or five guys on a team. So we get more, more reps. And okay. Just, I didn't know if you had like JV yeah. and varsity all together and that's what no. you were doing like that. We just do it with the varsity and then we do six outs. So after three outs, we clear it. So they get six outs. So there's not as much time switching back and forth. Okay. And then uh, they keep track of runs like a game and, and then the losing team runs. So usually everything we do is a competition and the losers run. Fantastic. And then those stack girls, did stack girls come out during, uh, during practice too? No, they just come to games. Okay. Yeah. So didn't know if you like to track stuff during practice or not. I would love to, but they have jobs and stuff and <laughs> all that so, kind of thing, you know, yeah, I don't know what's going on with them. So <laughs> that would be awesome to track all that in, in practices. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess you can do the the exit velocity and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool, man. That's super cool. Oh, buddy, this is great. Um, whew. so being able to bunt, doing a lot of live stuff, you guys love the challenge, guys. That's for sure. Um, what would you say? Uh, would Would you say that you're willing? Like, you know, we've heard that you're going to challenge guys that they're going to see in the game. We've heard about competition. Would you say that those are the two biggest things? And you also said like the intensity. Because I, I remember like, you know, if you watch 
you watch your guys' pitching videos, the intensity that you guys put into it and the, 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 it's just so intentional and that the, but the intensity is real. Are those the biggest things that you feel has created the success of your program? Oh, I think so. Uh, I think, uh, um, I mean, that's Tom talks about all the time. Like if you aren't going to go full go, if you aren't going to do something with, uh, your full intent, why be here? Uh, I, I mean, he talks about that all the time. Um, and I think also, I think what's helped was former players we've had that have been successful, um, mm. that come back in the winter, you know, guys that are still playing that work and they, they show the younger guys, um, what it takes. I think that's, um, very, very beneficial. Um, Shea Smith, has been around the last two years with, with COVID, um, you know, he played at Louisville, which obviously is a, a big time program. And he's now with, with Tampa Bay. And, and I think it's big for kids to see how he works, how he trains. Like when, when he's ready to do his throwing, he's all business. He's not taking four throws and then walking around joking. It's all business. And we've had other former players that come in and, and they've seen that. Um, so I think that helps. And, and then, um, with, with Tom, I mean, he's a no nonsense guy. Like when it's practices start, we're going and, and the kids know, like it's time to ramp up and go. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking of just that when you talk about Tom, um, how have you complimented, you know, his competitiveness, his intensity? How, how do you compliment that? Well, I think, it, I think it helps that I played for him. So okay. I've, I've been through there. So I understand when kids get mad at him. I mean, he's demanding. And, and you know how kids are. Sometimes they take it well. Sometimes they don't. Um, so I'm kind of the good cop a lot of times where uh, after he's got into a kid and they might be sulking or pouting, I'm the one that's – I go over and pat him on the back and say, hey, it's all right, you know, he's – He's doing it because he wants you to be good. Like he sees something in you uh, and that's why he's on you. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of the good cop. Um, and uh, I guess all head coaches kind of have to be the bad cop. So, um, mm-hmm. but, but we've, we've, uh, I don't know, like I said, we've, we've had a great relationship. It's, it's worked out great for us for, for 20 some years. Yeah, for sure. No, for sure. It's no doubt. That's the reason that's, reason I reached out to him <laughs> I was like couldn't wait to talk to Rick but uh, like um have you ever had this tide turn like where you've been able to had to be the bad bad guy and uh he's I think <laughs> I, or are you I'm mostly sure. always are you no. mostly always just like oh um, it's okay <laughs> no I, I've got into him before but I think They've, they've always said that they always say like when you get mad and we know something's wrong because you never get mad. So it's usually, mm-hmm. usually it's in the games when I snap at them, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty laid back. Um, I just, I'll usually go over and say whatever, you know, Tom, Tom does that. I think he likes that role. I think he likes the role of yeah. the bad cop yelling and in that, but uh, yeah, I, I have been before, but. I usually as the assistant, I just sit back and mm-hmm. let him do it. 
Yeah. I've just been thinking about your role as a teacher too, you know, like you being able to control that, that kind of, you know, on that, I guess on that side of things, you know, do you find yourself taking yeah, care of some of that? that I do. Absolutely. I, I, well, you know, being around for 20 years, I get a lot of teachers that, yeah. that email me too, like, Hey, I've got so-and-so in class. He's a pain. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, I do a lot of that where I'll go pull the kid out of a class and, and talk to him. And so that, that makes it nice when you have, two teachers in the building that can kind of monitor what's going on. Yeah, for sure. I think it's just, it's crazy valuable to have that in the building. You know? Without a doubt. And like Without I said, they're going to talk to you. Like, do you, do you find that, you know, they're, 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 ta- they're, they're going to talk to you more. They're going to yeah. confide in you more, you yeah. know? And it's so come to me a lot. Yeah. 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 And it allows you, you know, just you, you being in the building allows that just nice access to be able to yeah, without balance those ideas off you. Yes. Yeah, that's great, man. Super good. Super, super good. Um, so like just thinking of, you know, some advice or you are 22, um, 22 years in, like, what is your, what's your advice for assistant coaches? Um, wow. That's a good question. Um, find a, find a program, um, that values working hard, that values winning, that does things right. I, I think a lot of um, young coaches, I think, want to jump into being a head coach so they have the title and, and they go to bad situations, uh, schools that maybe don't support baseball or whatever. And, and you see a lot of young, good coaches get out early because they get into bad situations. Um, I don't think you need to rush to be a head coach. Um, that was you know, after a few years uh, of being an assistant, I, I knew I was in a great situation. Um, and I didn't feel like I needed to go to another school just so I could say I had a title of being a head coach. Um, mm. But I also think that was part because of Tom being able to give me responsibility where I didn't feel like, hey, I need to go somewhere else so I can feel like I'm having input into a program. I, I was having as much input as if I would have went somewhere to be a head coach. So mm-hmm. I, I think that is, is ultra valuable. Awesome. Awesome advice. You know, I, I would say this too, like just cause in your, in your experience, you know, and, and I, I, I've been, th- I thought about this question. I've talked to some, like I said, some really great, assist- like could be like you, like you could be a head coach anywhere. Um, what kind of what kind of advice do you have for head coaches when kind of managing the assistant coaches, you know, and being able to you kind of touch base on this a little bit, but right. what what would you say to that? I would say the biggest thing say is, to a head coach? Is, is trust your assistants. God trying to manage a staff. Yeah. Like if if you want them to be in charge of the pitchers, trust them to do it. Or if you're in charge of the catchers, trust them. And and and, and again, that's a huge asset. What what Tom does, he trusts his assistants 100%. And, and that's why guys love to coach with him because he, he trusts you and gives you a job and, and lets you do it. And I think that's huge. Give him a job, let him do it. You know? Simple things, right? Like we think that that will be simple, 
Right. You know, but like you said, you've been in a situation where that didn't ever always seem the yeah, case. Yeah, where it was not the case. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't as fun. I, I did not enjoy that as much as, as what I do now. Because mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I mean, I just, I didn't feel like I had any value. Like, they didn't care what now, I Now, have you seen, say. I guess, have you seen in 22 years where a guy was given a job, just wasn't able to do it and needed to find another fit? With us? No. No. Um, now, I, I think a lot of that, um, a lot of our assistants have been former players. Okay. So they knew exactly what we wanted, um, which, which I think, um, I, I think is another one of the brilliant things Tom does is tries to bring back former players because they know what we want to do. They know what the program's about and they have ownership in it because they've been through the program. Um, so I, I, that's been as big of anything. And I think that has helped us with our success is all the former players that have come back to help. Okay. I think that's just a great advice there as well. You know, just for like looking into, you know, former players that you do have, you know, possibly. Yeah. That's good advice, man. Um, so no, 22 years ago, well, you used to find, so let's say you were back at, um, oh, back in that meeting, <laughs> I guess when you first started coaching and you weren't allowed to give any, weren't allowed to give any advice as a new guy. What do you wish you knew now that you wish that you, what do you, what do you wish you knew then that you know now? Um, it's, it's a, it's a great question and it's, it's so hard to answer. I, I, there's so much. Um, I think. Um, if you look at game wise, I, mm-hmm. I wish, I wish like as a young guy, I'd, I'd tell myself, don't argue every call, like every close mm. call. I'd always want to argue. I'm like, it's, you look back and you're like, you probably looked like a fool out there. Every, every close outer safe call at first arguing. Um, I think probably the biggest thing I, I would say is don't take the losses home. I was terrible at that as a, young coach coming home after a loss and in a terrible mood. And, and then your, your wife and kids are affected because you're in a terrible mood. Um, I think, I think the biggest perspective on that change is when you have kids, you realize, you realize your little two-year-old doesn't care that you just lost a high school baseball game. Um, (laughs) That's good, Rick. That's really good. Um, but I think the third one, um, is, uh, I, I think as coaches and even as a teacher, you're always like looking at what kids are doing wrong. Like, Hey, you need to work on this. You need to do this. You need to do this. As, as I've got older, I find myself trying to point out what they're doing right mm. as opposed to wrong. Cause I think kids are told all the time, everything they're doing wrong. Um, so daily I try to find things that kids are doing right. It, and it could, you know, as, it could just be as they come out of the cage, like, Hey, those last five swings were great or, you know, great approach and this or whatever it is. I, I try to, I try to pick out more of what they're doing right than what they're doing wrong. And, and as a young coach, I was the opposite, but I think it was, I think part of it is you're, you're eager to change kids. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I think I might be able to help you if you could just do this, 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 and you're always pointing out the negatives. And I think at some point the kids are like, do I do anything right? Like, 
all he ever does is come over and tell me what I need to change. So I've, I've really flipped the switch on that and try to focus more on what kids do right as opposed to what they do wrong. Mm-hmm. Now, is that maybe good? could it come to like through the quality at bat stuff? Cause have you, have you guys always been the quality bat trainer no. or did that come like, yeah. So do that you came in 2013. That- so that's kind of when, yeah. um, Springer hit the market. I don't even know where I saw it. Um, and, and we ordered the CD and we listened to it and it was like, as soon as we listened to it, we're like, we got, we got, yeah, we got to start doing quality bats and (coughs) focusing on, uh, everything, but (laughs) getting base hits. So I think that all of that has, um, evolved through time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm sure. I remember I got my, though, John Larry Jr. put me on. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Jr., he put me on it. So, amongst other things. But, yeah, that was one of the – yeah, definitely definitely game changer for sure. Oh, without a doubt. I, I mean, I, we talk about things that have, have been game changers uh, in, a, in our program with, um, you know, the radar gun. Um, when we started doing exit velocity and we, and we talk about Steve Springer all the time of, of the mental side of the game, Mm. um, 2013 is when we really focused on the mental side and, um, we, we ended up winning state titles three of those next four years. Um, and we, we firmly believe that that was the game changer because we had been close before. Mm Mm-hmm. And we just couldn't get over the hump. And uh, we really felt like when we started incorporating uh, what Steve offers and um, the, the mental side, that's what got us over the hump. So let's dive into that, man. What 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 kind of specific things are you doing? Are you doing that? Is that part of a maybe some station work? Or is that part of a classroom session? Just informal stuff? Do you yeah, have to bring the kids in your room? Yeah. So we'll do like yesterday, we brought kids in um, to the room. We'll listen to you know, two parts, we'll discuss it. Um, a lot of it is, um, one-on-one, um, as kids come out of the cage, talk to them. Um, we're big on quotes. We send quotes daily. Um, we just joined, um, Jamie Beckler's, the, the leadership playbook, Mm -hmm. um, which is, is really outstanding. It's a, it's a leadership course. Um, you said Beckler. Yeah. B-E-C-H-L-E-R. Okay. Um, it's a leadership course, and it has like two-minute videos each day. Um, so we watch those, discuss those. Um, so we do a lot of uh, different things, uh, not with just the mental side of um, baseball, but leadership, um, you know, becoming a better person. Just a lot of quotes and, and videos and, and talk of, you know, more of just um, – being a, a better person when you leave high school and, mm-hmm. and go on with your life. And so it seems like you've also found that well, if you've done, as you're making the better person, the baseball player comes with it. 100%. Yes. Uh, yeah. Firmly Cause like you, yeah. Like you said, like three out of the last four that years, you know? Yeah. It was a good run. <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm just, just curious here again with our, with high school coaches and everybody's, everybody's time how these time how do you manage the time of like you know giving them the leadership course stuff like the little videos that like how are you guys managing so we, all the time wise we um 
we just map out the first 10, 15 minutes of practice. Okay. And uh, that's what we do. We um, will show the video um, and then um, have the kids discuss uh, what they got out of the video. And then we just kind of have a 10 minute um, discussion and it usually will lead to some type of story of something that happened within the program, a former player or something of positive that, that we can bring up that ties that video in with, with someone with in our program from years past. Mm. Now, is this, is this kind of evolved into this or is this kind of always been the stable since 2013 or how has it evolved? Yeah, it's evolved. So the leadership playbook just was released a couple months ago. Um, so we just purchased that. We've always done the quotes. So before the leadership playbook, we would always send like a quote of the day and then we would discuss it, um, kind of what it meant to them. And then, um, and then we would, we would discuss it that way. So, so when we, when we saw this new program come out, it, it, it was basically stuff we've been doing before and it was just laid out in a format for us to follow. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's worked out great. It's, it's really a, a neat program. Nice. And you, and you still, it's always been kind of like 10, 15 minutes before practice. Yeah. That's when we, we, we had first thought about doing it at the end and then we're like, that's not going to work. Practice will run late. We'll be in a hurry. We're not going to want to sit down. So uh, we decided to do it at the beginning. I think that works a lot better. Mm-hmm. That's great. 10, 15 minutes each day. You know, what are some of the, um, I guess the, some of the best things that you guys like think mentally, like get into that kids have seen them really buy into. Uh, try to visualize, mm. um, just talk about different things of, you know, seeing yourself do it before it happens. Um, you know, just the, the deep breath, finding a focus point, uh, usually somewhere on your bat. Um, we have, um, we talk about developing approach, you know, in the on deck circle, we used to, we used to have the, the on deck guy would always be the foul ball guy. Yeah. You know, if it goes well and on deck guy and, and, uh, it's maybe eight years ago. We were like, you know, we talk about having our on deck guys have a routine and study the pitcher and all they end up doing is chasing balls. You know, how are they getting ready for their bat? So now we have, uh, the guy in the hole do that. Cool. So that just, that just allows on deck header to, to focus more. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of, uh, it's a lot of one-on-one um, talks with, with kids either before and at bat after um, all kids are different. And, and I, I think when you've, uh, you know, coach a kid long enough, um, you, you know how they respond. So sometimes the whole group, setting doesn't work for everyone, but one-on-one just, uh, talking to them, asking them their approach, different things. What are you doing? You know, stuff like that. Love it. Love it. Yeah. It was funny. I was just watching Shepherd university play. And, um, when you talk about the, in the whole guy, even the simple thing of like getting the bat, like yeah, the getting the bat, every guy that I saw the on deck guy, was going through his routine. He walked straight to the batter's box. Did it get, you know, got his sign, went straight to the batter's box. He didn't pick up the bat either anytime. And I'm like, 
you can tell that's taught, you know, because yeah. and I'm like, and that makes total sense. Like his job is to focus on the task at hand and the, in the whole guy, he can go pick up the trash and get it and put it back in the dugout, you know, but like, I just thought that was a simple thing that even from a yeah. standpoint of just like the bats right at his foot, like, you know, he, he, the umpire might toss to him and the, the on deck guy. Just <laughs> I, walks, no, I love that. Never even... Right over it. Yeah. He walks, I've seen, he walked, I saw him one time walked over the bat to go to the, to go to the, um, to get ready the batter's box and then the, and the whole that. guys because the end the whole guy's sitting right there in the dugout yeah he went, just picked ready. it up he picked it up put in a bat rack i'm like, like that. that makes total sense you know it like does. what you We're were saying like we should not be getting that are in our on deck guys right the foul balls to do all that yeah like you know so i'm like that that's that's for me like yeah like because because <laughs> the funny thing was the on deck guy sometimes got the foul balls and i'm like but then you're not getting the bats either. So I'm like, all right, we got to do what, you know? So that's why I, that's why I had to tell that story. Cause I'm like, what you just said, I'm like, yes, like, yes. Why was he getting the, why was he getting the foul balls? But and they weren't the getting the bats. <laughs> like, so, because I was like, I loved it. I love they didn't get the yeah. bats. Like, I'm like, that's great. Like that you can tell, like, this is what this program does. And they, they hit, like they hit, like if you go to shepherd, cause you can hit, like it's a, it's a hitters band box. Like you can hit and oh, you can right. tell like you're on deck. Like you ain't worried about nothing else, buddy. You're going to walk it. right over this back because you're ready to do some damage, <laughs> you know? But, yeah, just like you're saying, man, you want them to have a good routine, don't get the foul balls. They have the one that guy get it and, have the, and the whole guy get it, you know? Yeah. Like, that's make perfect sense, man. And I think just stuff like that. I think you guys you guys just do it right, man. It defines, like, just a matter of, like, what does make sense, you know? And we're going to start put, showing you nasty stuff because this is what you're going to see in the game. And I'm going to coach you through the adversity, you know? This is what we're going to talk about in the game. You know, and we're gonna put these fun plays on because we're gonna do this in the game, you know, and you know all that stuff. So, man, it's just, it's just you guys do it right. And Rick, I just, and I just appreciate your time, man. I appreciate you coming. I on appreciate and- you having me. I, I, I really do. I was, I was flattered when I got your text. I really was. Oh man, man, it was awesome. And I was just, like I said, I, I just looking back through the guys I had on the first year, and you know, Tom just always sticks out to me. And I'm like, you know, I've I've sat with you in in hotel rooms late Absolutely. at night, yeah. And I'm like, let's just talk to Rick. <laughs> so I was I'm just really looking forward to it, man. And uh, it's nice to get a good glimpse, especially the offensive side at Defiance, man. It's, it was really cool, man. I just and I just God, I just I can't I can't imagine. I just I'd love to get out there and see the new facility and stuff too. Oh, you got to come out. You will you'll be Gosh. amazed. It's. There's no way a high school program should have what we have. We are, we are so spoiled. Yeah, but you guys created though, man. It's just because of your guys' hard work and what you guys have done, man. You guys, you know, for sure, you guys have earned it. It's been fun, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so Rick, let it lead us. Let's say some guys want to talk, you know, talk more baseball with you. What's the best way maybe contact you, buddy? Absolutely. Um, they can email me. Yep. Which is rweaver at defiantschools.net. Okay. Um, they can uh, they can shoot me a text or call me. My okay. number is 419-438-6519. I'd love to talk to anybody. Yeah, man. I mean, that's a, that's a great thing about baseball is everyone's always willing to uh, to help each other out. I know when I was a young coach, I would always call coaches, uh, email them, go to clinics and talk in, in the the veteran coaches were always more than willing to talk and and help out. So I would I would love to give back if there's any young coaches or assistants who have any questions. I'd love to to help them out. Coach Rick Weaver, 
from Defiance High School. Just dropping some great knowledge, uh, giving some great time, a great coach who found himself a great situation, found value, and like you said in the, in the podcast, he was able to have an impact and do the same kind of things in a great program being an assistant coach. And honestly, it's a big reason I'm talking to some great assistant coaches because I just can't have not found – you just don't find great programs without great assistant coaches. Um, so it's, you know, for all the great guys that we had the first year, those great programs – you're going to find some great people behind the scenes there. And um, it's something I know I'm, I'm always trying to get better at, managing the staff. Um, right now, helping out this summer, being the best assistant coach that I can be uh, this summer. Um, but when I go to take my team over in the fall, just knowing and taking these valuable lessons with creating a great environment to, like Rick says, Rick talked about, Great advice was trusting your guys, let them know, let them have a job, and let them be able to do it. Um, some just great advice of not trying to argue over every call and uh, not taking the wins and losses home with you. I think those are just just great advice from for any coaches. You know, but as you as you get to see over the top of this, you know, some big themes came out through the Defiance program and how, you know, Rick is really able to match Coach Held's competitiveness. So they bring in the exit velocity competitive. They bring in the, the intensity with the high-velocity training for hitters. They bring in the really tough curveballs. So Rick has done a really nice job of bringing in uh, and matching the same kind of intensity, passion, competitiveness, and drive uh, to the Defiance program. So, um, you know, really great to talk some baseball with him and see and get a little behind-the-scenes action. What's really nice about the assistant coaches, and, and that's what's so great, great about assistant coaches' role, is you can just coach. You can really focus a lot of the coaches, so we get into a lot more specifics of what they're actually doing and that's what I, it's what I really enjoy about the assistant coach role and, and talking to assistant coaches it's really nice because uh, they'll dive right into it here's what we're doing uh, here's how we do this and, and it's just really really neat to see so um, behind every great program is great assistant coach and no one other like Rick Weaver so prime example Rick Weaver at Defiance so again you want to reach out to him it's rweaver at defianceschools.net R. Weaver at DefianceSchools.net, as well as the cell phone. He gave that out during the show, 419-438-6519. Great share. Great guy to talk. Uh, we're happy to share, just like that's what's the best about the baseball brotherhood that we are willing to share. So, again, thank you for taking this time out of your day to listen to the podcast. Keep sharing it. Keep giving it out to those people who uh, want to keep growing our game, knowing that this game helps teach so many lessons on and off the field and until next week keep getting better